Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Before we get into the Word, I'm so excited. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on. Father God, we so thank you. We thank you for the joy in the house. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that you are up to something very significant in every heart this morning. And as we lean into your word, as we lean into what you're saying, as we lean into what your spirit is saying, thank you that all of us have an opportunity to receive something incredible from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So good. So good. So the topic of this morning is the anointing. I don't know what your 2020 looked like, your 2021, your 2022 looked like at the start of it. But I'm here to let you know that God has got incredible things for you. And if you will lean into the opportunity, if you will lean into the things that God is about to do in your life, I'm telling you the greatest days are yet ahead of you. I believe that God is raising up a generation once again that has a Caleb and Joshua spirit. That no matter what the situation looks like, no matter whether there's turmoil or crisis at every corner, that he's raising up a people of faith that will say God is with us, God is still on his throne, and there is no leader or there is no decision or there is nothing, no situation or circumstance that can derail the fact that God is in charge and he is for me, not against me, and he has my back. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, God's got you. God's got you. How was your 2020, 2021, 2022? How was it? Were things shaken a little bit? Were, were circumstances a little bit different? I mean, I was watching what was happening in Melbourne from afar and I was just glad I wasn't here. To be honest, <laughs> I was in Brisbane. I was probably at a theme park just chilling on the beach and stuff. But I was praying for you and thinking about you. I promise. I promise. You know how Christians say that, hey, I'm praying for you, brother. <laughs> Thinking about you. No, honestly, like, what, what happened? And, and did it get shaken up? How was work? How, how was family? How were relationships? How was your emotional health? Uh, where did your thought life go to? Did you experience a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of caution? Sometimes some of us, when we go through some stuff, we uh, hesitate to take another step forward into the future because it didn't work last time. How, how, was your, how were your friendships? How were your relationships? How was the normality of life? How was your regular routine? Was it shaken? I'm here to let you know that you serve an unshakable God. That as you keep your eyes on an unshakable God, then you will be placed onto a firm foundation and you will not be able to be shaken yourself because you were found in the arms of a loving Savior and His name is Jesus Christ. And it is the anointing and His anointing and His presence in our life that breaks the yoke. So any obstacle, any problem, any situation that tries to stand against you, like Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings... And it says, you shall not pass. 
you can rest assured that God has got you. He is for you. He's got your back. He is with you. And nothing is impossible for now those who are found in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. God wants to mark our very life. See, some of you may have been here in March 2020 when I first came, and then again I spoke online and I was able to minister in that way, which was wonderful. But uh, some of you may have heard my story, and you may look at me today and think, oh, you've had it all together. You've had a great life. You've probably grown up in the church, went to Bible college, and you've been pastoring for many years, and you've had a very lovely upbringing. Actually, it was quite the opposite. I gave my life to Christ when I was 21, and prior to giving my life to Christ, I found myself living a very ungodly life. Never been to church before. Didn't do that thing that you do that is called praying. Uh, I didn't have godly friends. I found myself in addictions. I found that my brothers were struggling with addictions. I found that my whole family was struggling. And my father, he was a full-blown alcoholic. And so I grew up in an environment where there was chaos and calamity around every corner. And I just thought to myself, I am so unqualified and I'm so unworthy to receive God's love that how can God ever use me? How can God ever do anything significant in my life? But then I heard the very fact that God wants to mark my life. I heard from a Christian friend saying that God's presence can make a difference in your life. But I couldn't believe it at the time. Then I read this scripture. It says this. If you want to open up your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, whatever it is, as long as it's not a Samsung, you will be right. <laughs> Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Let's turn. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Somebody say, on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free. To set all the oppressed free. Jesus Christ is saying that God has anointed me. Man, if Jesus needed to be anointed, then we sure need to be anointed too, right? to carry out the work of God in our lives, to fulfill the purposes and the calling that he has placed on each of us, we also need to receive an anointing from him, his presence, his power. We continue to go back to the Father. We continue to encounter him through his grace, through his love. He provides us comfort and peace and provision around every corner. He gives us strength for the season ahead. He gives us an ability to overcome. He gives us an effective effectiveness in our life to do what he's asked us to do he anoints us jesus needed to be anointed then so do we the thing i love about an anointing is that nobody misses out that every an anointing is for every single person do you remember in the upper room the day of pentecost when it had fully come and 120 people met in the upper room and not one person missed out on their anointing. Not one person missed out on an encounter with God. Not one person missed out on experiencing God's presence. And when God's presence touched people, it changed everything about them. It transforms people from the inside out. These people that felt unqualified, these people that felt that there were no hopers, these people that other people thought, you know, oh, we'll just disregard them. The people that were just uncertain about their future, inconfident in who they were. And once the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, 
It changed everything about their life. What is the anointing? Some people may say that the anointing, they may refer to it as the presence of God or an external force that impacts us. Something out there, something spooky out there. Something that maybe drops into the room. And perhaps they might be partially correct when they say that. But the anointing is actually something that marks your heart for a purpose. Something that stirs you on the inside. And once it marks you, it's almost like a seal on your life. It's almost being, it's like a tattoo that's branded on your heart, on your soul and on your spirit. Marking you for God. And, And you know what? The enemy can't take that mark away. The Bible says that the calling and the gifts are irrevocable, which means that the enemy cannot remove you from your purpose and your calling. That you are branded and marked in God. That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That you have been saved. You've been set free. That Jesus sacrificed everything so you could have life in all its fullness. Let's give God a hand for that because that's good news. We need an anointing, but the priests and the prophets of the old would be anointed and marked to operate in a God function. Every time when a priest or a prophet in the Old Testament was anointed, they would be anointed for a specific function, for various functions, to operate, to fulfill the purposes of God. The anointing empowers us. See, David was marked. He was anointed by a prophet named Samuel. And It was just an absolute no-brainer once Daniel was anointed by Samuel, even though he was an unlikely hero. That even though he was a person that other people disregarded, even though he was someone that he didn't even feel qualified within himself, even though he was a person that even wrote himself off, his own biological father wrote him off. But David, once he experienced the anointing of God, come on somebody, once he experienced the presence of God, once he became open to being touched by the presence of God, everything changed from that moment. And there's this guy called Goliath. He's 10 foot tall, unstoppable. Nobody wanted to fight him. Nobody wanted to face Goliath. He was a giant of the age, a part of the Philistines. This guy was crazy. He was, everybody feared him. But when David was anointed by God, (laughs) when we face an unstoppable situation, when we face a season in our life where we don't see a way around it, when we see a physical condition, a report given back from the doctor saying that, no, you know what? You will not be able to be healed. This is impossible. When we face a circumstance where a relationship breaks down and we don't see any way forward, when we see our bank account and there is zilch next to our name and we feel like life is impossible now, there is no way out of this mayhem and madness, you know what? All you need is the anointing of God. Because I'm telling you, Goliath was big too. I'm telling you, Goliath put fear in the hearts of many people. Goliath was someone to be respected in his age. Goliath seemed impossible. Goliath seemed unconquerable. Goliath seemed like it was an impossible task to overcome. But when the anointing of God, come on somebody. When the anointing of God got upon David... Nothing becomes impossible. Nothing is unstoppable. When the anointing of God came upon David, it was a dead giveaway that David would be able to take down Goliath. It was an absolute no-brainer 
that David was able to take down the obstacle in front of him. And that is the same for you, my friend, that there is no obstacle too high. God will give you the ability, even if it looks foolish, even if it says, you know what, grab five pebbles and a slingshot and you'll be able to, even if it looks silly, God will give you the ability to overcome every obstacle. God makes all things new and everything works out in its perfect timing according to God's perfect will over your life. You have nothing to worry about because we are found in God's presence. How good is that? It makes us more effective though. David, if you have a look at his life, he could play the harp. He could lead. He could pray with power. He had the gift of healing. He was an orator, a great communicator. He was a shepherd. He was anointed. Come on, somebody. Multifaceted. Was able to multitask unlike any man can. Because we can only do one thing at a time. But God anointed him to be incredibly effective. But once David operated in that God gift that God had given him, and he didn't just use it for himself, he actually used it for the glory of God. Once he operated in that gift, the anointing, start, anointing started to kick in, went into overdrive. And nothing is impossible when you start to operate in the God-given gifts that he's given you. The ones that are irrevocable can never be taken away. And God has gifted you. You might be good with worship. You might be good with music. You might be a great singer. You might be good with the drums. You might be good at hosting people over your house. Maybe it's time to start a connect group. I don't know what it is, but God has put a passion in your heart. You might be good with young people. You might be passionate about young adults. You might be passionate about elderly people where God has given you a gift. And as you step into that, as you put it to work, and as you outwork that purpose, God's anointing will start kicking in into motion in your life. We are anointed for God functions. And when, the function, when we function in what God has called us to do, that is when the anointing starts to kick in. In. I love that. But having the faith enough to step out and say, God, I'm believing that nothing is impossible. Yeah. Taking a risk, doing something different. Remember when Lucy called me up, and this was only four days ago, literally. She called me up and uh, Lucy's, uh, she grew up on a dairy farm, so she's a farm girl. It's like that show, the farmer meets a city, what is it? farmer meets a wife or a farmer meets a husband in this case. And so she is not very competent or confident driving in the CBD. And that, she'll tell you that, right? So she doesn't feel comfortable driving in any major city. But she's finding herself driving through the CBD of Brisbane. And it's a big, big four-wheel drive. And she accidentally leaves the lights on, parks the car, and then comes back to find that the car is broken down. Just crazy. So she's panicking because she's a, she's a new employee for the uh, Queensland government. So she doesn't want to lose her job. She wants to make sure she does the right thing. But all of a sudden, there is a broken down vehicle and it's all her fault. So she's feeling very, she's in a panicked state. So she gives me a call and she says, Taylor, what do I do? I don't want to lose my job and I, I want to make sure I do the right thing. And what, what should I do, Taylor? And I just felt from the Holy Spirit. I said, Lucy, get out of the car. She says, okay. So she steps out of the car. I said, Lucy, place your hand on the car. She says, okay. I said, now say, 
in Jesus' name, come back to life. She says, all right. And then I said a crazy thing. I said, once you jump back in the car, once you get your key and then you start the car, the motor will start again. God will literally get, cause the car to start again, even though it's impossible, even though it doesn't make sense, even though this is just, it, it's an absolute miracle, God will do it if you have the faith. And so she jumps in the car, lo and behold, the engine starts and she cannot believe it. She's like, what on earth is going on? But you know what? As we step out in faith, as we face that what seems impossible, what seems like an obstacle, what seems like a crisis in our life, and we trust in God and we speak it out and we say, God, your word, not what the world reports over my life, but your word, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the government is doing, no matter what the circumstance looks like in front of me, you know what? I'm going to trust in you because you are stable, you are faithful, and you make all things new. Nothing is impossible possible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. He's a powerful God, but don't ever do life without the anointing. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need more of God. Oh, we all need more. The anointing is being marked by God for God. It's to stir faith in the hearts of people, to take a step of faith. And do something that's never been done before. To be anointed by God. To be effective for God. It's not something for us, but it's something for others. And it's something for God. The anointing is there for you to fulfill your delegated assignment. A spiritual resource that is made available upon demand. Upon demand. When do you need the anointing? Seek God's face. What do you need? Ask God. Ask, seek, and knock. You can never out-ask God for anything. You have not because you've asked not. And God is saying, it's time that I'm raising up a generation that begin to ask, that begin to seek, and that begin to knock like never before and see my breakthrough take place on planet Earth. Miracles. But it's all because of His anointing and His presence in our life, but His power is made available upon demand. When you need God, that's when He starts to show up. Not just for ourselves, but it's there to benefit people around us. I remember what I did was uh, saw God do amazing things through an accident. Uh, do you remember hearing about the Brisbane floods? So we recently just had another flood. And it just caused so much fear in people's hearts because we were very traumatized after the first floods that happened earlier this year. Literally, I'd drive down my street, down the main street, and I'd see a two-story house. And all I could see left of that two-story house was the roof, the tip of the roof. It was totally covered underwater. And over 15,000 houses went under. In Brisbane. Even now, people are going to be homeless for the next 24 months because of the Brisbane floods. It caused so much chaos. It, it, it broke down relationships, literally caused thousands of people to become homeless overnight. It was just tragic. And so I found myself purchasing a coffee, $4.50. If you want oat milk, it's another 50 cents. So it was $5.00. <laughs> Grabbed my oat milk coffee, went for a drive to check out how everyone was going in the floods. I accidentally strolled 
upon one of the major areas of a flood. And I saw a lady there who was standing on the bank of the water. She was crying in desperation. So I asked her, what is the matter? What, what is wrong? What happened to you? Is everything okay? And she said, you would not believe it. I've just had a baby. And right now I cannot get back home. I went to the grocery store. I went out for what I thought was an hour to get some food. And within that hour, I am now totally cut off from going home. And I've got a baby on my bed and my 13-year-old daughter is looking after my baby and they are both crying hysterically because the, the, the baby hasn't fed for over 24 hours. And I don't know what is going to happen, whether the baby is going to survive or not. And I need to get across the flood tail. So I just said, look, if your power is available upon demand, God, I need your help right now. So I just said these words. I said, okay, you just wait here for 45 minutes and I'll be back with two boats. Just wait. Just don't go anywhere. Just stay here. And by the time I arrive, I'll have about five volunteers and we'll sort you out, okay? She goes, okay, okay. So I go. There's no boats available, so I purchased two kayaks. <laughs> exactly 45 minutes later, I see her there, and she's just like, wow, wow, wow. I contact some more people, and there's another flood further up the road, so she can't go home. No way. We're going to need to organize more people on the other side. And so within five minutes, no joke, we organized some more people on tinnies, two boats in the, on the other flood, and so what, what happened was we were able to cart her across the first flood with a kayak and then we were able to cart her across the second flood with some boats. And she was just so overwhelmed. But this took place for the next three days, over 10 hours each day. And I'm just like, man, God, we need some more help. We need some more support. But in all that, I just saw God's hand, even through the conversations. And even the news they... Um, they did an interview with me. They came down to one of the floods and they interviewed me and I had my church merch on. <laughs> City, City Chapel represent! <laughs> they broadcasted it and they're like, what led you to wanting to help everybody with the floods? And I just said, look, you know, I just, you know, and I slipped in a bit of God there and stuff, stuff like that. But I just saw God's hand Upon it. And then I got a phone call from the local MP saying, man, I'm just letting you know that we uh, had an event at a, at a big hall and you received the Brisbane Flood Hero Award. So I'm just like, what? But I actually said, look, I said to him, there were so many people helping out. There were so many people. And we've been talking about God after that phone conversation. And it's amazing because he just recently called me and he said, look, I need to make a big decision for Brisbane. I actually need some godly counsel and godly advice and I need you to help me. And it's amazing that God's power is ever present for us. It's ready on demand. God has a way where there is no way, but it's not just for us. It's for everybody around us. Let's give God a hand for that. God is interested in everybody's needs. Available upon demand. I mean, we may not have money, we may not have resource, we may not have that extroverted confidence about us to help people around us. I mean, we, we may not have great resources, but silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give unto you. Now pick up your mat and walk. 
I'm telling you, God can use the most unlikely people to do significant things because of what is in you. And that is that you are marked by God with his presence, with his anointing. You are set aside for incredible things. And as you lean into God, he will use you in a significant way as you step out in faith to serve him and to be allowed to be used for His glory and not just your own. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says this, So He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might nor by power, but my, by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now Zerubbabel was a political powerhouse of the age. He was the guy that made decisions strategically for government. And he thought maybe he had it all. And he was spoken to by God at a time where his people drastically needed help. There was crisis and chaos everywhere. And at the right time, God speaks to Zerubbabel and says, man, it's not through your human strategy, your human wisdom. It's not by how intellectual you are, man. It is by my presence. It is by my power. All you need is one touch from God and he makes everything new. He can transform every life, but don't do 2022 without God's presence in your life. It's not by your mind. It's not by your power. It's not by your own will and trying to push your own doors open because that never works. It's through trusting in God in his perfect timing. And all things work out for the good of those who trust in God, right? So let's lean into God like never before and trust in His perfect timing. But don't do this year without God's presence. Zerubbabel means to be sown like a seed in Babylon. That's what his name means. And I think this is quite significant in terms of the day and the age that we live in where all these big political decisions need to be made, where people are trusting in government rather than trusting in God and knowing that everything's going to work out okay for a faithful to Him, knowing that we're in God's hands. We're not in anybody else's hands. We're in God's hands. Come on, somebody. We can trust in Him for all things. All things. But He's going to give us the human, not just the human strategy, but godly strategy to overcome everything. But he has sown us like a seed in dark places. So no matter where you find yourself at, whether it's your role as an at-home mom, man, an at-home mom with an anointing is more powerful than any CEO on the planet. Thank you very much. If your role is to look after children, then you are more powerful. You are more you are more effective, you are more influential than anyone in the world if you have the anointing of God. Yeah. You are significant. It doesn't matter what role you play. It doesn't matter what you do. But if you have the presence of God in your life, then you are more than enough. You have God by your side, then you are the majority. You have everything that you need at any time that you need it. But trust in His presence. It's not through our own will, but it's through His power and His anointing on our life. But He will sow us like a seed into the world that we live in, whether it's the workplace, whether it's at home as a family member, whether it's through our relationships. God wants to sow us like a seed to make a difference in our generation, whether it's that we work with young people, people with additional needs. God has sown us like a seed 
to rely on his anointing to make a difference on planet earth so that we can go out from the four walls and bring people back into the house of God. When we gather like this corporately, that is when something supernatural starts to flow. When two or more gathered in my name, then there I am in their midst. There's something powerful about a corporate gathering. Let us not be a church that despises the corporate gathering. It's time to come back and gather again in the house. But God has called us to be like a seed. So we go out and we bring people back in and we make a difference in this world for God. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says this, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is a man that God anoints us for a God-given purpose. For a God-given time. We are born for such a time as this with a purpose in our hearts. He anoints us to make a difference on planet earth. God has called us to go into all the world. We should not be afraid to be successful and dominate in the place where God has placed us. To impact every sphere of community with the anointing of God. Whether it's the hospital. Whether it's working for Victorian government. No matter what, if you've got your own business, God has called you to be the salt and the, and the salt and salt and the light type people to make a difference on planet Earth. To make a difference, but we need the anointing of God. The anointing isn't just for goosebumps and fuzzy feelings. The anointing is actually to outwork God's function over your very life to release you and to sow you like a seed into the world. He has placed you for such a time as this. But do you know what often at times stops the anointing from flowing in our lives? There are two things, feeling unqualified and feeling disqualified. There's some people here today where you feel a little bit unqualified. You're like, God, I'm not worthy. I haven't done a Bible college degree. I haven't been going to church for long enough. You don't know my past. Or you might feel disqualified. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You could never use me, God. I'm fully unqualified and fully disqualified. I am here to let you know that God can use the most unlikely people and He hasn't given up on you. God is on the move and He's still working in your life. He has not given up on your life. He's got incredible things. If God can use a David... Who's an adulterer, he was an adulterer. If God can use Gideon, who lived in shame, if God can use Moses, who was a stutterer, God can use Jesus, he was born out of wedlock in a manger. God can use you. God can use your very life. Even if you feel isolated or ostracized, even if you feel like you've been counted out, God does not count you out. He's got a purpose and a plan for your life. Man, when I was young, I just, I disqualified myself. I felt so unqualified. I felt that I couldn't experience God's love because of the things that I had done, all the sins that I have accumulated in my life, all the negative things that people have spoken over my life. I just kind of walked in this negativity and I found it so hard to take off the labels that were spoken and placed over my life for so many years that I said to God, you know what, God, choose somebody else. Find someone else to use. You cannot use me. There is no way, God, that you can use me. Maybe find someone who's been going to church for a while and use them. 
But I felt that God was drawing me closer to His presence. I found myself in a situation as a young person. I was addicted to substances. I was experiencing alcoholism. My own father was an alcoholic. My brothers were involved in drugs. All of us in our family had court cases because of our inappropriate behaviour, negative behaviour, not wanting the best for other people around us. We weren't necessarily the likely people to be used by God. But God started to move in our family. I found myself in a situation where my girlfriend broke up with me. And then I had no money next to my name. I felt depressed and I had anxiety in my life. I felt that there was no hope for my future. I felt totally disqualified from living a good and wholesome life. I felt so broken. And in the midst of that situation and in the midst of that season where I felt so much chaos around me, I received a phone call from my brother and he said, Teo, just letting you know that the father you barely even know is in hospital right now and he's dying. The doctors are saying that he doesn't have long to live and they're saying that he took too many substances. So you need to go to the hospital and say your last goodbyes to him. You need to say goodbye to him. You need to... You need to go right now. So I rush to the hospital. I arrive and I see all these tubes and these cords that are connected to his body. He looked so frail. And I walked up to him. And I had bitterness in my own heart. I didn't feel loved by him. He never told me that he loved me. I, I felt that it was all of his fault. The reason why I've been involved in court cases was his fault. The reason why I felt so unworthy was his fault. The reason why I never felt, felt understood, it was all his fault. I blamed everything on him and so did my brothers. And here I am with my father one-on-one -on -one in a hospital room where he is dying and I'm having to say goodbye to him. So I hold him in my arms and I feel love in my heart for the first time. And I just feel a whisper in my spirit saying, forgive him, Taya. Let it go and tell him that you love him. Now, I wasn't following God at this time. Never been to church in my life. But I looked into his eyes. And I said, I forgive you, Dad. And I love you, Dad. I love you. I forgive you for everything that you did to me. And with tears in his eyes, he apologized. He said, Tao, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for never being there for you. I'm sorry that I just distanced myself right away from you and the three other boys. I never told you I loved you. I was never there at your assembly. I never told you I cared for you. I never once showed any affection towards you. And it's my fault, Tao, you've, you've decided to become like this. It's my fault that you're seeing a psychologist right now. It's my fault that you're seeing a so social worker. It's my fault, Taya, that you're addicted to drugs. It's my fault. And I need you to forgive me. I'm sorry, Taya. So I forgive him. And then he dies in my arms. As I was a young man. And I'm like, God, there is no way you could use someone like me there is no way you could ever see 
hope in my future. There is no way that I can overcome this situation. There is no way I can break free in my emotional health. There is no way, God, I can ever be used by you. Or there's no way, God, that I can ever be set free. There's no way. Nothing is going to be possible for me. I need your help. And then I had another court case. And literally my life, my future was being threatened. As I said before, I started to hang around the wrong groups, doing the wrong things. I shouldn't be up here preaching right now. But God kept speaking to me and sending people to me. And Christians would come up to me and saying, man, you should give God a go. Like you've been through so much pain. And this one guy came up to me. He said, man, you're trying everything. You're, 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 you've gone on an adventure. You've explored every avenue of life and nothing works, does it? You've experienced so much pain and so much loss. And you've tried to fill that emptiness inside of yourself with all the wrong things and nothing works, does it? felt so mad at him so angry because he was telling me the truth but he says to me God's got a purpose for you now I don't really know who you are but I know God does and I know that he was there for you even in your worst moments even when you felt so alone and so misunderstood he was there right there for you and he spoke these words over me even before I was a Christian He said, you are a pastor. You are an evangelist. You will travel the entire nation. And you will go to different countries around the globe. And you will bring the good news to many. There will be throngs of people that will enter into heaven because of you. Now you need to make a decision and take responsibility over your own life and stop throwing a pity party over here, blaming everyone else and blaming your dad for this and that. You need to take responsibility over your own life and make a decision for Jesus because you're never going to overcome trying to do this on your own. You need the presence of God. You need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need God to touch your life. Nothing is going to help you, Tao. No psychologist has helped. No social worker has helped. You need a touch from the Holy Spirit. You need the presence of God. And so I decided to go to church for the first time as a 21-year-old. So broken, so lost, so much grief. Mourning that was thriving in my heart. A sense of anger. The reason why I went to court was because I was so angry with myself. I was angry at God. I was angry at my father. I was so angry. But at this church service, the pastor said, God's got a purpose and a plan for my life. And it spoke right to my heart, right to my spirit, that God loves me. God, His love is never ending, is unquenchable. And I almost felt like God wrapped His arms around me to say, I love you, Tao. I love you. You need me. And you know that I'm with you. But you need to make a decision to follow me, Tao. You need to make a decision to commit your entire life to me. And I feel God say, you need to hand over the keys of your life, the keys of the car that you've been driving, which is called life. 
you need to hand those keys over to me, Tay. And I was like, no, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to stop doing that. I want to hold on to it. God says, let go, Tay. Trust me. Trust me. Let go of it. Let go of it. You can trust me. I don't want to let go of my pain, God. I've lived in this pain for so long. I don't want to let go of it. Let go of it, Tay. Let go. Give it to me, Tay. Hand over the keys. Depression. I don't want to let go of it, God. It's been mine for too long. It's the only thing I've got control over. I need it. I, I don't know anything different. Let go of your fear and anxiety. Let go of your depression. Let go of control. So I got on my knees that night after the church service. And I let everything go. And I said, God, I need you. I need you to show me that you're real. I need your presence in my life. Nothing will work, God, if you're real. If you are who you say you are, then why are you hiding from me, God? I need you. If you say you are with me, that you were for me and not against me, then why are you hiding from me, God? I need you. I need you, God. Encounter me. I got on my knees in my room and I said, God, I hand over everything to you. My life, my ambitions, my dreams, my, my motives, my agendas, my control, my keys. I give you everything that I've got, everything that I know. Every, I hand over everything to you, God. And as I prayed that prayer of salvation, I felt a million kilograms lift off my shoulders. I felt a million kilograms lift off my shoulders. And as I opened up my eyes, I could see colors for the first time. I could smell flowers for the first time. I felt free from the inside out. God transformed me. He broke every addiction over my life. I couldn't even pick up alcohol the next day. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Everything, the sin in my life that had so kept me captive, were, they were just gross and disgusting and off-putting that all I could see was God's love in my life. And I felt so forgiven, so liberated from the inside out that God fully transformed my heart and set me on a different course, the course of the purpose and path that He has for all of us. Let's give God a hand for that. It's not because of us. It's not because of what we do and what we don't do. It's actually because of Him and it's because of what He did on the cross at Calvary for the remission of our sins. And we ought not to think for a second that is from our ability. It's His anointing. It's the anointing. It's the presence of God that breaks the yoke over our life. Every addiction must bow down to the name of Jesus. Every sickness must bow down to the name of Jesus. Every form of hurt and pain that tries to rob us from our emotional health must bow down to the name of Jesus. And I was healed and set free. I haven't needed to see a psychologist and social worker since because I've just been so happy. It's bizarre. I, I can't explain it. My mum's like, what is going on with you? I said, I received Jesus. I went to a church where, you know how you told me never to go to church because I couldn't trust them? Yeah, I went to that place and you should go too and be happy because you're not happy either. She went to church, gave her life to Christ and then began to oversee all the volunteers at her church. Come on, somebody. Because the anointing isn't just for you. It's for everybody. My other brother, 
He goes, what's happening, bro? You're so different, man. I said, you need Jesus. And Jesus has a plan for you. I know you've been addicted to drugs. And I know you've made a lifestyle, living, making a profit from selling them as well. And I know you taking antidepressants. You told me, last seven years, you're on antidepressants. You need God. I said, what do I do, Taylor? I said, you need to say a prayer of salvation. Hold my hands, brother. Let's pray. And he prayed with tears in his eyes. I could see the power of God just all over him. He did his doctorate of theology. Now he's looking after a church in Adelaide. Let's give God a hand for that. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm telling you something. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? You don't believe me? All right, my other brother. He was also selling drugs. So broken. So lost. I mean, the cops would be coming to our house because of him. I would get phone calls from the police because of him. They knew him by name. I said, what's happening to mum, our brother, you? What's going on, bro? I said, I'm telling you, man. If you keep living like you are now, you're going to end up just like dad. I promise you that. There's one thing I know, and that things aren't going to look great for you if you keep making the decisions that you're making because they're not good decisions. What do I need to do, Taylor? You need the presence of God in your life because nothing else is working. He prayed the salvation prayer and then he started looking after generations in his church. Come on, somebody! God has caused us to be his seed in places like Babylon to make a difference for him. But don't we ever do this year and next year and the years beyond without his presence, without his anointing. Because it's his anointing that makes a difference in our lives. It's his anointing that breaks the yoke. It's anointing that breaks forth healing. It's the anointing that breaks forth provision in our life. It's his anointing. Let's give God a crazy hand because he's crazy in love with us. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.